That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The Beast Slayer slayed the beast again. Very surprising, to be honest with you. (laughs) I didn't think that he was going to do it, but he did. This is the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast with George Truly. I am the franchise. This is the SummerSlam recap show. I'm going to also say that this is the week after SummerSlam edition as well because I'm recording on Saturday, August 17th because of the fact that I did have um, dental work done to me so I was unable to really talk for a few days and then just being tied up with all the other things that I had to do I'm delivering it to you now this is the like I said SummerSlam recap also going to talk a little bit about what happened in the week of wrestling because there was some things that took place we had a return two returns one is of an event and the other one is of a superstar so let's just jump right into it SummerSlam was the last Sunday and we had the beast get slayed (laughs) you know in a stunning turn of events I thought as you heard in the preview show I predicted that Brock Lesnar was going to destroy literally destroy victimize conquer the beast slayer that's what I thought and to my surprise that didn't happen the beast slayer actually prevailed overall my take on SummerSlam was it was a good show you know I felt like this SummerSlam and last year's SummerSlam was better than WrestleMania of last year and this year. I'd probably be the only one to say that, but it's just my opinion. If you take the cards and compare the two, to if you compare last year's WrestleMania to last year's SummerSlam, and if you compare this year's WrestleMania to this year's SummerSlam, I'll give the nod to SummerSlam. I would. So we I'm gonna start with the main event and then just work my way up or work my way down. <laughs> so that match between Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, people tend to forget how great Brock Lesnar is in the ring as far as telling stories, as far as giving people certain feels. And that's what he did. Watching this match, seeing Brock Lesnar throughout the whole match victimize Seth Rollins really had me like, okay, because as you heard, I did say that I thought this this was going to be Similar to what he did to John Cena. I said that this was going to be 
Rocky Four esque. I said that he was going to somebody was going to like going to get to the point that Becky Lynch was going to have to come out and throw in the towel if you want to say that much but that didn't happen you know Brock Lesnar lost Seth Rollins prevailed I started to realize that Seth might might have pulled this off after watching WWE Chronicles that they aired after NXT TakeOver Toronto when I watched that it was of Seth Rollins and as I watched that I was telling myself I was like yo I really think that Seth Rollins is going to win like the way they're setting this up the way the Chronicle was even done really made you feel like he was going to win and look what happens he's the the universal champion which then has me thinking like okay what's next for Brock Lesnar that's the big question there is reports Smackdown wants him he did make his name on Smackdown he was more on Smackdown than he ever was on Raw so I think he's going to end up going over there but I'm not sure because Paul Heyman's not over there you know Paul Heyman is the executive director of Raw and Bischoff is of Smackdown and reports is like Vince and them are raving for Paul Heyman Reports are raving that Paul Heyman is being praised by Vince McMahon and the people backstage for his work on Raw. And as you heard in previous episodes, I addressed how Bischoff really is not getting the praise. He's not getting the good job. You know, it was, what, two consecutive weeks that... It was reported that Vince McMahon ripped up the script for SmackDown and rewrote it himself. So it's pretty interesting to see what or how this will play out if Brock Lesnar was to go into SmackDown. Um, but now we just have to sit. Now the question is, is who's going to be also next up for Seth Rollins? You know, I thought after Raw, when Braun Strowman came out, I thought that it would that would have been a possible heel turn where Braun Strowman was going to, you know, come out, help Seth Rollins and Ricochet, but then turn heel and destroy both of them and then make it real crystal clear because you've seen he grabbed the universal title and I think right at that moment, it was kind of like a giveaway. Like, okay, if he was to turn heel, this would probably be the moment. And he didn't. So kind of interested to see. 
I want to know what's going to happen next for Seth. Who's going to be next up to face Seth at Clash of Champions? But we have a Universal Champion again who's going to be on TV more often than the former Universal Champion. Next up, what I would say was the highlight of this show. The highlight of this show to me. The Fiend versus Finn Balor. This was to me the best match as far as anticipation, the hype. This was it. This was legit it. Let's and let's let's just take a moment to just listen to his theme music. Okay. match was everything that I wanted it to be with the exception of Finn getting some offense you know that was the one thing I didn't want like if this was Finn's last match before he gets sent off I wanted him to get destroyed like I wanted him to get I I wanted the beating to be so brutal that it left people cringing and not like a bad cringing like like this is not good i want it to be like a this is a good but it's cringing because you feel bad for finn like i will go back to maybe when like remember when dean ambrose turned on seth rollins and the crowd was very quiet and they had the shock look that's what i wanted with bray i wanted this match to bring shock value it did but i wanted the match to end with like bray destroying him and finn not being able to physically get out of the ring so they had to bring EMTs and stretching him off that's what I wanted to see because then that would have been the perfect way to send him off for a long time he wanted time off so this would be the perfect time that would be a perfect way to send him off but I love the entrance I love the lantern I loved how he had the face of Bray like he like the feet like it was so there's nothing wrong with this character. 
nothing. And I'm so glad that they're doing this. And, you know, I, I seen a report that they were saying, I, I seen it on one of my Facebook um, wrestling pages that I'm a part of that I follow. And they were saying that they posted this tweet, but I did my research and I went through this page's Twitter account and I didn't see anything like this, but it was something to the degree of Vince McMahon was thinking of scrapping the Bray Wyatt, the Fiend character. And I was like, no, like why? This is good. It's, you know, you, you just presented on your shop that people can pre-order the puppets. You know, the Vince McMahon puppet and the rabbit and all his old characters from the Funhouse. They have it on pre-order. And they know that's going to sell. And I'm pretty sure they're going to have the mask and that's going to sell. So why would you turn around and scrap that idea? It really had me sent back like what? But that's not what happened. That's not what they're doing. I'm so proud that they're going forward with this. And then it leaves me to wonder who's next? Who's next for Bray Wyatt? And there's a there's a chance that we may get a rival between the fiend and this man now i say alistair if you hear the music in the background you already know this music Alistair Black I say Alistair Black Because on Twitter these two was Exchanging tweets at one another You know Alistair Has this thing now about People walking in he wants someone To come through the doors open Answer the door Knock on the door And Bray kind of looks like oh I got a door too It will be interesting to see these two fight But it also leaves me like not not wondering but it leaves me with the it's a lose-lose situation for me as a fan of both of both characters because okay so if Bray wins Alistair's momentum goes down and vice versa so it really has me thinking like What's next for like everything that happened at SummerSlam has me with the question, what's next for the people? Majority of them. Okay. So this particular story would be interesting because you have two dark characters and Obviously, I feel like Alistair Black will be a tweener. He wouldn't be a full-fledged face because he doesn't present himself as a face. 
And obviously Bray is the heel. So I feel like that's what's going to happen if these two were to fight. But it's a lose-lose to me, for me as a fan of both characters, because I feel like if Bray wins, it slows his momentum down. If Finn, if if Alistair wins, it's definitely going to slow down Bray's momentum. So it's literally just a wait and see for Bray. Um, I know that they're not really trying to utilize the Fiend character as much, which is good because you're you're saving the fiend and it's very much it reminds me very much of the old mankind i'm talking about wwf in the boiler room talking to the rat mankind um undertaker-esque early kane that's the that's the feel that I get from him. Um, what I did love out of the match was actually at the end, once it was done, because I loved how they showed it. They showed him and then they flashed. They did the flash and then he was it, they flashed and went dark and then it flashed again. And he was already up on the ramp, like looking back. And that was just so like it really had you like, oh, my God. Like this shit is crazy It's nuts And I love every second of it I applaud WWE for that one <laughs> Like I, I I promise you I applaud them for that I thank the WWE for that Matter of fact The WWE gets this That's what they get. They get that. And I have not. I mean, I've I've done that throughout the times. But I said, like, I want to hear that. But I'm saying they're going to get that. That's my kudos to the WWE for that one. I can't say the same for the WWE title. No, no, no. The WWE title, that championship match between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton gets. That's what that gets. Ends in a double count out. Now, I understand because it leaves it leaves people wanting more. It's going to lead. Obviously it's going to continue this rivalry. And I feel like that's something that they wanted to do. I don't think that, you know, thinking, thinking of it, I don't think that they wanted to, because of the history between the two, I don't think that they wanted to just have this be a one-off. I think they want to actually, Put more emphasis into this rivalry. We'll have to just wait and see how this plays out. I'm leaning more towards maybe Clash of Champions. Maybe this even goes off to Hell in a Cell, maybe. Ah, not sure. I would hope it. 
if it goes to Hell in a Cell, that Hell in a Cell match would have to be the match that validates Kofi Kingston's title reign. Clash of the Champions, I, whatever. Extreme Rules wasn't really nothing but Hell in a Cell with the Viper. That will solidify his legacy as the champ because he's been very... You know, people are comparing his title reign to like the likes of Jinder Mahal and no, it wasn't Kofi. My mistake. Kofi was not being compared to Jinder Mahal. Seth Rollins was being compared to Jinder Mahal. But Kofi's title reign is very lackluster, you know, but with Randy, I think Randy could help cement his legacy as the WWE champion. Hopefully that's what happens. Hopefully. That match, like I said, I really, it was just horrible. You know, I, I the only spot I loved was the RKO. That's the only spot I loved. Other than that, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, like I said, that's the crowd. Like you heard, you heard the sound effect. You heard my sound that I played for you. That's what I thought when I heard. Or when I see this match end. Honestly. Trish Stratus. Versus Charlotte. Did what it was supposed to do. It cemented Charlotte's legacy. And it gave Trish. the I won't say the proper send off. But it gave Trish a good send off. Now Trish is apparently. Wanting to. Go forward. And have one more match. I'm not sure how true this is, but there is reports like saying that oh Trish is interested in doing one more match. I know Alexa Bliss has been campaigning for a match against Trish Stratus. I think that would be probably the best match to have between the two. Trish Stratus is Trish Stratus is very you can tell that Alexa Bliss has a lot of Trish Stratus in her as far as her character as when Trish was a heel towards the end of her career she was very much that heel that you know reminds you when you see Alexa that's what you think of you think of Bliss you think of Trish Stratus like they have very similar traits mannerisms the things that they were doing and all that it was very very much in the same in the same playing field uh, but this was a good match it wasn't you know it wasn't like this is awesome but it was a good enough match. Like I said, it did what it was supposed to do. It put it put Charlotte in on a pedestal that obviously is going to probably steer her back into the title hunt against Bailey. So we, you know, we'll wait and see how that plays out. Even though I feel like maybe other people need to get a shot at Bailey, I'm gonna talk about that once we get into the women's title match, which will be coming up soon because. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. I really don't have much to say about it. 
Uh, I'm surprised that Elias was the special enforcer, seeing those if Elias did get speared by Edge out of all people, which leads, which has led to this big thing about Edge saying that he has one more, he feels like he can do one more match, but he knows that the medical team will not clear him. I personally don't want Edge to have another match because I don't want nothing to happen to Edge. They've, Edge has said it. You know, one bad drop and like his life can be over. It really can. Um, this match, I mean, I, I would hope that this match puts Shane away, but obviously that's not going to be the case because of an event that's coming up. And Kevin Owens is a part of it. And I feel like Shane's going to have something to do with to prevent him from um, prevent him from prevailing in this event that I'm going to talk on about a little bit later. But yeah, I just I, I just want Shane going. You know, I do. I want him. I want Shane to get into a match where Shane is like after the match, Shane is gone. You know, SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey versus Amber Moon. This. If I had crickets, like the cricket sound effect. I'll throw the cricket sound effect on here because that's how the crowd reacted to this. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing that was, it was very flat. Very flat. Bailey did her thing. She did her the best that she can do. Ember Moon did the best that she can do. But at the end of the day, I don't think that this was, it wasn't the best match for either, either one of them. Um, and then especially because Ember Moon was not, she hasn't had no momentum going into the pay-per-view. Like, she wasn't winning matches. She was losing matches. It's like, nah. So now, we're on the, well, what's going to happen next? I felt, and I feel, though, as if Charlotte might be the one to get back in the title hunt. I personally don't want her to. I feel like an opportunity like this should probably be given to um, maybe Mandy, maybe Sonya Deville, hell, maybe Liv Morgan. I would love to see Zelina do something, but I know she's tied with Andrade. So, but I would love to see her even partake in doing matches. Where's Lana at? You know, don't give, don't go back to Charlotte and Bailey. Give me something else other than Charlotte and Bailey. You know, t- just to segue that for a little bit, you know, um, the United States title, this was arguably like as far as in ring work, telling a story. These two, we already know. 
have great chemistry together, Ricochet and AJ Styles. Uh, the one thing that I would say that kind of threw me off was Ricochet's attire. You know, he had a full bodysuit, which I was completely like, uh, this is kind of interesting. But because I felt like the reason he had the full fled bodysuit on was because uh, his elbow. You know, I believe he had uh, injured his elbow a couple of weeks ago. That's why he wasn't at the Raw reunion. That's why Seth Rollins took on AJ Styles, because I feel like it was supposed to be Ricochet versus AJ. And then it would be an impromptu match that were brought out. You know, obviously DX came out in OC and they had that little interaction. I felt like Ricochet was supposed to be there. And because he was injured, um, they replaced it. So This was a good match Like I said But once again It leads me to wonder What's next for both people um, Ricochet's a part of this event That's going on too And I feel like Braun Strowman Instead of him turning heel And going against Seth Rollins He's going to be Going up against AJ Styles And I feel like It's going to be One of those things again Where If AJ loses Okay but I feel more so that the club's going to interfere and it's going to just continue on the situation. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm I'm looking at the results on their website and I'm at the Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler match, which literally was like a minute, 40 seconds. Um, was very surprised that Dolph Ziggler got a little bit of offense. Literally, he super kicked the hell out of Goldberg twice. But them spears, let me tell you, the first spear, following by the following the jackhammer, followed by the jackhammer, that ended that match. That was brutal. That first spear was tough. But the second spear was like okay. He kind of you know I. Felt those if he didn't put all his emphasis and then all his strength into it. But that third spear, when he came out, that one was brutal. Poor Dolph Ziggler, because Dolph flipped all the way over. <laughs> but I also want to commend Dolph because Dolph really does do all this. He takes his time and does this. And you know, I don't know how accurate this report is about him wanting to stay and the WD wanting to release him. I don't know if that's the case or if it was reversed where Dolph is asking for his release and the WWE is not giving it to him. I will have more of that story um, in the month in review because that's something I really want to touch on. But I want to actually get all the ducks in line and all the facts straight before I come with that and give you my opinion on it. I personally don't want Dolph. I personally want Dolph to leave. I do. I want Dolph to leave. I want him to go either to AEW or even New Japan. I would have preferred him in New Japan, but I feel like if he was to go somewhere, AEW will probably be where he's going to end up going. But we'll have to just wait and see. Um, and then this is... You know, Becky versus Natty in the submission match. This, I, I'll put it to you like this. With that match, I was surprised that the Toronto crowd cheered Becky more than they cheered Natty. The only time they really popped for Natty is when Natty put the sharpshooter on Becky. 
other than that, the crowd was more Becky than they were Natty. Um, obviously, Becky did retain. The next night, Becky comes out. Becky gives her respects to... Um, to Natty and tells gives a little message to the girls in the back pretty much saying like yo this is what I want I want competition whoever wants some come get some kind of that line then Natty comes out later on in the show and Natty cuts a promo and then we get the return That's right. The boss. The boss. Sasha Banks is back. I cannot explain how excited I am that she's back. And she's back as the boss. Not as this old, I'm happy to be here, Sasha Banks. No, she's back as the boss. This is what I've been wanting for a long time. I would have preferred it against Bailey, but... I'm okay with her coming back just as a heel, period. Okay? She came back, beat the dog shit out of Natty, beat the hell out of Becky Lynch because Becky came out, and now we're going to probably get Becky versus Sasha Banks at Clash of Champions, and I want Sasha Banks to win the Raw Women's title. That's what I want. That's what needs to happen. That's what really needs to happen. And I don't need it to be a hot potato match, like a hot potato title run. I need her to have this title for a long time. Okay. Her coming back kind of gives you that NXT ratchet Sasha Banks. I feel like that's what she's going to do. She came out. She had her pink, purple hair. But then... When she attacked Natty, she took the, she had a wig. She took it off. She's with a blue hair hairstyle. Her hair color is blue, which she explained in the in a tweet, or I believe it was either in a tweet or a post on Instagram, where she pretty much said that the blue represents rejuvenation. And I'm glad that she's doing it. I'm glad that she found that rejuvenation. And what I love more is the response that the WWE Universe gave Sasha Banks on her epic return, which just listen. And it's been one year today since my dad died. Moment. Her ego knows no bounds. Corey, we haven't seen the boss since 
suffered for a second. Everyone else here seems to. Go back to posting cryptic photos on Instagram. <laughs> Corey Graves. Everybody all along. Corey Graves, let me tell you. Corey Graves is so like just hilarious when it comes to his opinion on Sasha Banks. He can't stand her. He's been very vocal about it. It's like, yo, I can't stand her. What I loved most is when they came back from commercial after Sasha Banks destroyed both Becky and Natty. Cole and Michael Cole and Renee Young is talking and they're like, you know, we can't really understand why Sasha did this, this, and the third. And Corey is sitting there with his pen, just like with this nonchalant, like I told y'all, like I told you, so I knew this was going to happen, but I loved how Corey stuck with his guns about like, he really brought up how she needs to go back to posting cryptic messages and pictures on Instagram and Twitter. Like, that's what Sasha Banks did for this time. She hasn't been seen since WrestleMania. That's April. So it's been four months. It's been four months since we've seen Sasha Banks. And I'm so glad to see her back. And she's back with a new attitude. Now, Bailey had something to say about Sasha Banks' return. See what Bailey had to say about the boss's return. This is an exclusive. It was on SmackDown, exclusive on their YouTube page. Take a listen to this. Bailey, first off, I just want to say congratulations at retaining your SmackDown Women's Championship at SummerSlam. But I have to ask you about Sasha Banks' shocking return to Monday Night Raw. Your best friend and former tag team partner viciously assaulting and injured Natalia. And then when Becky tried to come out and save Natalia, attacking Becky Lynch with a chair. So everyone's wondering, what is Sasha's motivation behind all of this? <sighs> Look, there's nothing I can say that's not going to be misconstrued by somebody. And obviously, the whole world knows Sasha's my number one. She's my best friend. But Natty and Becky are also my friends. So I think it's best that I just keep my mouth shut. So, I mean, it, it leaves you wondering, like, you know... What's what does she really think about it? But I feel like that's better that she just doesn't say nothing. Obviously, she's on SmackDown. Sasha's on Raw. I feel though as if the wild card rule is not really going to play that much of a major factor in it now. Because, you know, I thought that the wild card rule was going to it was going to be the demise of the brand split. But because of the executive directors, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff, I feel like this is going to be cemented. But the wild card rule is going to be very exclusive. You won't see it as much as we've seen it since the 
introduction of it and it's not going to be as many people as we had before like i remember one time i did a count and it was like 10 people was using the wild card rule legit 10 people okay just to go over what happened in the pre-show pre-show we had alexa bliss and nikki cross retain the wwe women's tag team championship against the iconics it was a solid match um it it was okay uh buddy murphy defeated apollo cruz via disqualification because rowan interfered this is leading to daniel bryan versus roman reigns rowan is going to be involved in it we all know this whole story. If you don't know by now, it's being reported that Daniel Bryant was the Rowan was the person behind the attacks that have been going on with Roman Reigns. A lot of people was very surprised that Roman wasn't in WrestleMania. I'm mean, not WrestleMania. He wasn't in SummerSlam. But there was also reports that came out that Vince McMahon pulled that situation, pulled that story because he wanted to actually build on it. He wanted to build the momentum. And yeah, we just had to wait and see. Um, And then the Cruiserweight title, Drew Gulak successfully retained his Cruiserweight title against Oni Lorcan. Um, it was controversy. Then they had a rematch on 205 Live. Um, I actually didn't watch that, so I can't tell you what happened. Um, but I do believe that Drew Gulak is still the Cruiserweight champion. Overall, I give SummerSlam a solid 8.5 out of 10. That's me. That's me. I give it a solid eight and a half out of 10. Not that bad. You know, it, it wasn't bad. Well, I'm not going to say eight and a half. I'm going to give it a solid eight, okay? A solid eight, okay? I am. Solid eight. Match to me of the night. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins. That's followed up with Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Honestly, those are my two matches. And then, obviously, my moment is the introduction of The Fiend um, and, and all that. So, I already brought up that Sasha Banks made a return. But now, I'm going to bring up the event that is coming. Ladies and gentlemen, they're bringing back King of the Ring. Yes, they announced it last Monday on Raw. They announced it. I was excited to hear about it. I've This is one of those events that I remember watching growing up and having that pay-per-view. Now, it's not a pay-per-view. The finals is going to take place at Clash of Champions. Now, I wonder if they're still going to have that stipulation. The winner of the King of the Ring gets a title shot. At the champ You know So They did release the bracket They did release the participants Here's the bracket That I'm about to tell you I'm not going to give you Like who I My 
the person I want to see win King of the Ring, Drew McIntyre. That's who I want to win King of the Ring, Drew McIntyre. I do. So you have eight representatives for Raw, eight representatives of SmackDown, and the matches start Monday. And here's the matches. Here's the card. Here's the lineup. Cesaro versus Samoa Joe. Ricochet versus Drew McIntyre. Cedric Alexander versus Sami Zayn. And The Miz versus Baron Corbin. On SmackDown, we have Kevin Owens versus Elias. Ali versus Buddy Murphy. Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin. And Apollo Crews versus Andrade. Like I said, I want Drew McIntyre to win. I think, I know, I believe Drew is the next one to face Seth Rollins. I do believe that Drew McIntyre, I will hope Drew McIntyre is the next one to face Seth Rollins. Because Seth needs a solid rival, a solid story. Because Baron Corbin wasn't nothing. Him and AJ was okay, but it wasn't. It was face for face. Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins would be a great match. A great one. Like I said, I I have Drew McIntyre winning. I do. So, that's, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to this King of the Ring. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Clash of Champions is in September. So I will give you my, obviously, you're going to get my opinion and predictions on all that. But I want to just thank y'all for listening, tuning in. This was the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast. This was the SummerSlam recap slash weekend wrestling recap. Um, the rivalry between... Kofi and Randy Orton is still going forward. And that's about it. Yeah, I think that's about it. I think that's about it. <laughs> I will be back later this in about two weeks. I will be doing the August month in review. And then I will be back in September for Clash of Champions. And I will give you my breakdown of everything that happens preview predictions recap and then obviously you get the september month in review thank you all for tuning and i am working on the instagram account for the royal club wrestling podcast so that will be up soon i am doing that i'm just some i have so much under my umbrella so, but it will be coming out probably by the end of September. I will make the announcement at the end of September as far as that goes. But thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning and subscribe. It is available on all major platforms. As I said before, it's on Anchor. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Play. It's on Radio Public. It's, you know, it's everywhere. Okay. Okay. Like, subscribe if you have 
it on iTunes. You can rate it. You can give me feedback. If you are listening under the Anchor app, you can obviously send me a video or not video, but a voice memo of just any type of feedback or anything that you want to ask or say or whatever, you know, I do accept all that. And I do appreciate everybody that's still tuning into this. I know with it only being a month of content or a one, once a month, it's, it gets a little, you know, people don't really listen, but, for those that do tune in, I thank you all. I'm going to try to get back to maybe doing it weekly. Maybe. I can't make any promises. I'm not going to say anything without actually making sure that it's going to be confirmed. But thank you all for listening. I really, truly appreciate it. And as always, tune in to Raw, SmackDown, NXT, 205 UA, uh, NXT UK they do have their takeover NXT UK at the end of the month um, I may do a, I may do a preview show and a show based on that or because it's at the end of the month I might just do just add it on to the month in review that's what I'm going to do it's going to be added on a month in review so Thank you all for listening. I truly appreciate it. This is the Royal Club Wrestling Podcast. I am the franchise. Talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, did you think I was finished? No, no, no. Right now, here is the NXT TakeOver recap as well. You thought I forgot about it. No, I recorded this immediately following NXT TakeOver Toronto. So with that, I present to you the TakeOver Recap. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. NXT TakeOver. <laughs> Once again, NXT proves why it is the, I would say it's the more superior brand. Literally. Five matches. Impromptu brawl. And we still have all the champs are still the same. Am I happy about it? All but one. All but one. I'll get into that. And I'll get into that. So overall, like I said, my take on the show, it's a, it was a phenomenal show. Give it about a, a solid solid nine wasn't a 10 wasn't a 10 but I'll I'll go a solid nine okay let's just jump right into it we're going to start off with the main event because that was the last match that we seen 
Adam Cole retains the NXT title in the two out of three falls. It went three falls. The last stipulation was this barbaric, very like, I don't want to say attitude era type of cage. Because we've never, I don't, I think the closest that we've seen to a cage like this was when Dean Ambrose took on Jericho and that Extreme Rules match. And the, I forget, it was like Dean's, the Ambrose Asylum mattress. It was something like that. And, and he had on top of the cage, it was all this decoration. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it decoration. And then there was the, all that stuff, like steel, steel chairs, Kindle sticks. This one, you got steel chairs, steel chairs, Kindle sticks. Ladders. There was a steel table. I think it was steel on the top of the on the top of the cage, which was very very. Like when I seen it during the countdown, I said, "Huh, this is going to be interesting." Because that looks like it's not going to be able to get down. So they're going to use that as a prop. That's just, that's just what I thought when I originally seen it. And they did. They had the ladder on top of the cage. And the cage was surrounded by barbed wire. There was a bag that I thought thumbtacks was going to be in. That bag. But I was wrong. It was brass knuckles. It was steel chains. It was a bolt cutter, small bolt cutter, wire cutter, which was used. (laughs) This match was incredible. I kind of figured this was kind of reminding me in the two out of three falls. The first match, the first fall was a pure wrestling match. The second fall was a street fight. The third fall was a steel cage. Very reminiscent of Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because the first fall was a straight wrestling match. Second fall was a street fight. And then the third fall was a cage match. And it really played out the same way. Adam Cole won the first fall, even though it was via disqualification on Gargano's end, but he won the match that Gargano was supposed to win, even though Cole said that was going to be the first fall. Then Gargano said street fight. Very, very... I don't like Johnny Gargano, but I will say this. Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole have great chemistry in the ring. They trust one another. You can see it. And it was literally poetry in motion. The story that they told in that ring today was 
unprecedented. It was unprecedented. I couldn't tell you how much that show meant, like how how much that match really meant to the like to NXT. Like I'm gonna read you a tweet that a podcast host that I watch, that I listen to, Don Tony and Kevin Castle. Kevin Castle is one of the co-hosts. He actually said this in his tweet that I'm going to read off to you because I agree cold-heartedly with what he said. Undertaker versus Mankind. Buzz Sawyer versus Tommy Rich. Nikita versus Magnum, Dreamer versus Raven, Flair versus Steamboat, and now Johnny G versus Adam Cole. Welcome to the history books of an epic feud. Welcome to the history books of epic feuds and matches, gentlemen. Incredible. I agree so heartily with that because it did. It was. It cemented their name in the history books had Tomasa Ciampa not got injured this would have been not to say that this this would have been the match but I feel like Ciampa Tommaso and Gargano would have been in that history book as far as feuds and great matches because they had incredible matches. Now, Tommaso Ciampa was not there as I as I thought he would be. A little disappointed in that, but he did send out a tweet. He is still recovering. From neck surgery I could have sworn that he said During the NXT Takeover Wrestlemania That he was clear That he was medically clear to come back I could have sworn That that was happening Maybe I'm wrong But I could have sworn that that was what was. I could have sworn that That was happening That he got cleared And it was just a matter of time before he came back But we did not get Tommaso Ciampa but we did get an incredible match. I liked how they switched it. Like I said, Cole won via disqualification. Gargano wins the street fight. And then that cage match, that third fall was brutal. Like (laughs) the move, the spots that was being done you name it, it was getting done. And man, oh man, can I tell you that this stole the show? Okay. It did. Now let's go to the other match that I say stole the show. Surprisingly, stole the show. Io Shirai versus Candice LeRae. That stole. That was the shocker. Okay. That was the second, to me, the second best match of the night. 
because them two, I can't listen as much as I can't stand Johnny Gargano. I can't stand his wife either. I feel like she is she is the female version of him. I've been saying it. I will continue to say it. And NXT is building her to be just like Johnny Gargano. She takes these ass whoopings. She's fighting back. She's doing all this stuff. Like she's doing everything that Gargano does just in a female form. And Io Shirai was kicking her ass the whole match. Candice got a little, got her come up in here and there. But overall, Io Shirai killed her. Was demolishing her. Put her ass to sleep. Literally. I don't know what that submission hold that she did on her, but when she took her hand and tucked it under her leg, it's like she used her hand to choke her out and she was gone. <laughs> she was gone. I was surprised. Like I said, if you listen to the recap, if you listen to the preview show, this was the one match that I was not really invested in. I really didn't have, this wasn't, I, I want to say this, I said that this was my least interested match and this was my until the Gargano Cole match this was the most interesting match to me okay I followed that up with the triple threat match once again Velveteen Dream proves why he is golden for NXT straight up golden for NXT. He comes out to the Monty, to the Monty theme music. Okay. When I heard that, I knew it was Velveteen because I was like, nobody else is coming out to the Monty. Okay. They're in Canada. If you don't know who the Monty is, he was a character that was in WWE in the early nineties. When I was growing up, this is who the Mountie was. Okay. Matter, matter of fact, I'm going to try. Let's let's do this right now. Let's do this right now. I'm actually going to put his theme music on. Okay. This was his theme music. Hands down. This was his theme music. Okay. This was his theme music. So this was the theme that he came out with, but he didn't come out with the, like, he just came out with the Mountie. It just kept saying, I'm the Mountie. Like, that's what he did. If you've seen it, you've seen it. If you didn't, go watch it. It's incredible. But he comes out to that. And then because they're in Toronto, they played, they brought some of the Raptors dancers out. I want to say these were the cheerleaders and dancers, but they probably weren't. They probably were just paid to do this. Um, but they brought, they had the Toronto Raptor banner on the Titan Tron or on the LED screen and had the 2019 champs and the trophy and all this. And they had all this stuff. And then Velveteen comes out and draped in Canada colors. Okay. And just every inch, every takeover he's in, I, that's, that's the entrance I 
crave to see. I crave to see his entrance because he always steals the show with his entrance. Okay. And that's what he did. He stole the show with the entrance. Great match. Not his best. Not Velveteen's best performance, but it was a great match. Okay. He did his thing. Pete Dunn did his thing. Pete Dunn is literally like a, a I, I'm trying to think of who Pete Dunn can possibly remind me of. Cause he has this, and I don't want to say it because of the person, but he has like this. I'll say it. He has this Chris Benoit type of like pit bull, aggressive in ring technique. Like he he just is that pit bull. He's very like strong. He's he's stiff when he performs. Like when when we hear term stiff, it is like <laughs> straight hardcore. Like their moves are stiff and they hurt like hell. That's what he is. That's why they call him the bruiser weight. But he did his thing. Roderick Strong. In the undisputed era, he's my least favorite. But I still like him. Okay. That makes any sense. He's my least favorite, but I still like him. Like he still is a great in-ring performer. Okay. My favorite spot though was when Pete Dunn germ I believe he germ he German suplexed Roderick Strong on Velveteen. Okay. Love that spot. Velveteen ended up retaining the title. And now I just wonder what's going to happen with him next. Who's the next one to kind of compete for this this crown that Velveteen is on or that Velveteen has? I'm kind of interested. I'm really interested to see who's going to be next up. And then we have... The Street Profits retaining the NXT Tag Team Championship, which I'm very happy for because I did not want them to be like a one-hit thing. And I think a lot of fans was feeling that same way. We was about to see Montez Ford through the people's elbow, and I would have lost my mind if he would have did it because I think he would have put some swag on it. But he didn't. He wasn't able to complete it because Bobby Fish or Kyle, some he he couldn't complete it because he was stopped. But very very intense match. Very intense. I will say this with the Undisputed Era not winning all the titles, I feel more confident that they will probably show up on Raw just as like a, hey, we're here type of thing. Um, and then it's just a matter of who will be the one to dethrone Adam Cole for the NXT title. 
because if they do get called up, he has to drop the title. Now, on to my least favorite. Shayna Baszler retains the NXT Women's title. I want to know what the hell is this? Like, why has she had this title for so long? And I'm it, and and I really hate that I'm going to say this. I said it early. I said it in the pre-show. I said in the preview show, not the pre-show. I said in the preview show. I've been saying this for a while. I strongly believe that Candice LeRae is going to beat Shayna Baszler. I believe that Candice LeRae, because if I'm correct, Candice LeRae has yet to fight her. If I'm wrong, please correct me. But I believe that Candice LeRae has yet to fight Shayna Baszler. And I feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel that Shayna Baszler and Candice LeRae will have a match at a takeover. And I feel that Shayna Baszler is going to like beat the holy hell. It's going to be like that. It's going to be that Gargano, that traditional Gargano match. He's going like, you know, Gargano gets beat down and then he gets that come up and he wins. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Shayna Baszler is going to destroy her for most of the match. And Candice LeRae is going to end up winning this in remarkable fashion. And that's what's going to happen. I, I really think that that's going to happen. I don't want that to happen. But I can see that happening. Because she beat Bianca Belair. She beat Io Shirai. She beat Kyrie Sane. She's beaten everybody that she's come against. Like Bianca Belair sent out a tweet earlier when she was like, okay, Mia, you know, Mia, no disrespect. All right, cool, whatever. But now enough's enough. Give me, move out my way. Give me Shayna Baszler. Dakota Kai, maybe. Maybe. Because for a while... If you remember when Shayna Baszler kind of beat like that kind of when she destroyed and beat Dakota Kai, she had Dakota Kai shook for a very long time. Either Dakota Kai or Shayna or Candice LeRae. I'm leaning more. I'm leaning more towards Candice LeRae. But we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Like I said, overall, takeover. Incredible. We did have an impromptu brawl with Matt Riddle and Killian Dane. Very interesting um, because right before the triple threat match, 
Matt Riddle came out because Matt Riddle and Killian Day was supposed to have a match on on NXT. And Killian Dane destroyed him before the match even took place. So here comes Matt Riddle saying, I'm here to pick a fight. I know Killian Dane's here. Come out. They Killian Dane comes out. They whooped each other's ass. Then they started beating up the security. And then he had him in a Killian Dane was put in a sleeper hole and I kind of had a feeling that either they were going to go through the wall but not really because it was literally like in the middle of the show or and that's what happened <laughs> there's a one of the security guards is standing at like the edge of the the edge of the ramp and Killian runs after, like, charges at him while Matt Riddle's on his back, and they do a spot where he they he <laughs> runs through the security guard and then dives off the ramp and falls through a table with the security guard and Matt Riddle on his back. It was kind of a nice little spot, but I can see them having like a. Having a little a little small feud, you know, we've obviously been seeing that Killian Dane has been attacking Matt Riddle, so it'll be interesting to see them actually have a legit match. So overall, like I said, takeover once again, you do not fail me, you do not disappoint me, you prove to me once again that you are the shit. <laughs> SummerSlam, you got you better do your thing That's all I'm saying SummerSlam better do its damn thing Because if it doesn't I don't know what to tell you I have no idea what to tell you But I don't think it's going to do its thing They did announce that there was an NXT TakeOver UK That will be going on August 31st I'm correct I'm correct Yes It's going to be TakeOver UK It's going to be NXT TakeOver UK that is going to be August 31st. And I, the main event is going to be Walter versus Tyler Bate. Going to be very interested to seeing that. But that's it. That was my NXT takeover. Like I said, great show. Give it a solid nine. It gets a solid nine on on the show. Like I said, I did rate it. Adam Cole, Gargano, Io Shirai versus Kyrie Sane, triple threat match, Street Profits, Street Profits are undisputed, and then the women's championship. In that order, that's how I rate it. The number one match to bottom. Okay. So thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. And let me know, should I 
Should I do a Should I do a Takeover UK Show Like a preview And a recap Should I do it Let me know Okay Thank you all for listening This is The Royal Club Wrestling Podcast I don't even think I introduced the podcast I am so sorry This was the. This is was Royal Club Wrestling Podcast You already know who this is This is the franchise I will be back For SummerSlam Actually Let me scratch that I What I decided to do Was I'm going to drop This episode and the SummerSlam episode, because I figured that I'm going to try to record the SummerSlam episode after SummerSlam. Okay. I might have to wait on it, but I wanted to record TakeOver right now. So then I can just edit, chop it up, do what I got to do, and then mix it in with the TakeOver one. I mean, with the SummerSlam one. So that's all. Thank you all for listening. Once again, Franchise, I bid you all adieu. Take care.